أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله by the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are very near to the day of Muharram called Ashura, the 10th of Muharram. It's a sunnah of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to fast on that day. And it was indicated by the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the last year of his Mubarak life sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he would prefer that the people fast if they fast that day the day before with the day of Ashura the 10th of Muharram or the day of Ashura the 10th of Muharram and the day afterward however a question that I get year after year from people is if I cannot fast two days should I just not fast at all and the answer is no there's some leeway in this issue. Obviously, doing the thing that the Messenger of Allah indicated preference for is superior. However, there's nothing wrong with just fasting on the 10th. The Rasul did it after all every year of his life. There's nothing wrong with fasting any of the days of Muharram, as they are from the sacred months. There's nothing wrong with fasting any of the days of the sacred months with the exception of the Yom Al-Nahar, the Eid Al-Adha, and the three days after, the two days afterward, and then a little bit lighter uh, uh, dislikedness for most people to fast the third day after the Eid Al-Adha. And it's important also to understand what Ashura is about. Ashura is a Mubarak day that was, interestingly enough, something that there was Barakah both understood by the people of the book as well as the Arabs of Jahiliya. This is also a proof that in Jahiliya there was some collective remember, remembrance and memory of the Arabs also being connected with the deen of Allah Ta'ala and that the tribes of Mudar were also descended from Sayyidina Ibrahim salam. They had certain peculiar customs that showed that they had some sort of connection with the deen even through their idolatry. They include circumcision, they include a number of different things. One of those things is what is that they fasted on the day of Ashura even though they didn't know why. And the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam interestingly enough when he went to Medina Munawwara he asked and he saw that the Jews are also fasting on this day and they told him that this is the day that Allah Ta'ala saved Musa alayhi salam from Fir'aun. He said, we have more right to Musa alayhi salam than you do. This didn't mean that that's when he started fasting the day of Ashura. This means what? That he confirmed that this is something that's good, it's Mubarak, and it's a part of our tradition more than it's part of the tradition of others. Without making this into a sectarian or a inter-religious polemic, the Anbiya alayhimu belong to us more than they belong to anybody else. 
as long as we follow them. And if we don't follow the teachings even of our Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then what claim do we have to be connected to him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So this fast of Ashura is a very Mubarak thing. It's something that people should keep. It's indicated in a hadith that it's fast as a kafara for the sins of a year. And in particular, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, look at what his reaction was when he saw that the Yahud of Medina fasted on that day. His reaction was what? That we have more right over Sayyidina Musa Alayhi Salam. The help in the madad of Allah Ta'ala that came down, that was for us, that was not for you. That was for us. It was not for you. It's for you if you still keep obeying Allah Ta'ala, if you stop listening to his Anbiya Alayhi Salam, if you reject Sayyidina Isa Alayhi Salam, if you reject Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you stop following the commandments of the Torah, if you stop believing in Allah Ta'ala, if you accept the ways of this world, they belong to us more than they belong to you. A young man who used to attend my halaqa, he's been sending over the last couple of days pictures from Masjid Al-Aqsa and from the various Mubarak sites in Palestine. He sent me pictures from the Masjid Al-Khalil. They refer to that city as Hebron in English. There is a cave in which the Mazarat of the Anbiya alayhi salam, Sayyidina Ibrahim, Sayyidina Ishaq alayhi salam, alayhi salam, Sayyidina Ya'qub alayhi salam, and their wives, it's there in that place and they built a masjid around it. That's the Masjid al-Khalil. The occupation forced their way into that masjid and they built a wall in the middle of it. They malappropriated part of it. They built a wall in the middle and they said, this part, you guys can have this part is ours. So he said such and such percentage, like 47% of it is theirs and 63% is ours. I said, actually all of it is ours. I said, you want to know another proof that all of it is ours? I remember when I was a teenager, a settler by the name of Baruch Goldstein. He broke into the masjid in the middle of Salat with automatic weapons. He opened fire. He killed, he killed dozens of people while they were praying. And when the Israeli soldiers heard the commotion, they broke into the masjid and they saw the Palestinians trying to stop this guy, unarmed. And he's completely armed to the teeth. And they opened fire on, fire on the worshippers. And they killed almost as many as Goldstein killed. Just in order to save him while he was murdering people, while they were praying Salat. I said, go ask them, what do they think of this man? He said, I already know, he's celebrated as a saint. They celebrate, they have a celebration every year for him. If this is not a proof, if this is not a proof, that they have no share of any of that. They have no share of Masjid al-Aqsa, they have no share of the Masjid al-Khalil, they have no share of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. Do you think the Anbiya alayhi salam were people like that, that would celebrate something like that? Absolutely not. It's ridiculous. If you think they were like that, then you yourselves have underestimated and insulted them because they weren't people like that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said what? He said that we have more right to Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam 
we have more right to the najat and the madad of Allah Ta'ala that came down to him and his people. When they said, inna lamudrakun, they see in behind them the armies of the hosts of Fir'aun. And they see in front of them the sea. And they said, that's it. The jig is up. Time's up. It's all over now. It was good while it lasted. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam says, Kalla, no, categorically no. My Lord is with me. He'll show me a way through this. He'll show me a way through this. And what happened? The wahi came to Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam to strike the sea with your staff. And both sides separated like mountains, leaving a dry path, not even wet, not even muddy, a dry path through the middle for, from which that he escaped and there people all escaped. <coughs> this madad was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for who? For the ones who remember him, for the ones who trust in him, for the ones who obey his order, for the ones who stake their hopes in him. You don't even have to be perfect. Was the Banu Israel perfect? Absolutely not. The stories are almost unbelievable. But still, as long as they kept praying, as long as they kept believing, as long as they kept making tawbah, still the madad came to them, nabi after nabi, victory after victory, miracle after vi miracle, it came to them. Just like that for us, even if you're not perfect, shaitan comes and whispers in your ear something, that look how much of a slob you are, how much of a, how bad you are at what you do, how bad of a Muslim you are, etc. Why even try? Why not give up? Hey, does any, anyone here ever build a calf and start worshipping it? Did anyone ever hear say, I'm not going to obey the deen until you show me Allah? Did anyone ever hear receive manna and salwa? Allah Ta'ala sent down food and provision for you when you were hungry from the sky. And then you say, I want to eat dal. We're bad, but we're not that bad, right? If they can be told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keep seeking help from Allah ta'ala through your prayers and through your patience. Because Allah ta'ala is with the people who are patient. You and me can be told that as well. Keep praying, keep waking up for fajr. If you missed it today, make it up and then wake up tomorrow. Keep asking. That madad belongs to us as long as we have that ta'aluq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we look at him and we don't look at the creation. Don't worry about the sea, don't worry about the army behind you. Worry about Allah ta'ala. وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا Whoever fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah gives them an exit from their problems. People say this is all pie in the sky in July. This is religion is the opiate of the masses. People are just saying this to each other for political reasons and for fundraising and this and that and the other thing. Tell me my brothers and sisters, maybe, maybe who knows, maybe somehow I'm using all of this to make money and stashing massive wealth, you know, that you don't see right now or that you see right now. Maybe I'm wearing like a $10,000 turban, who knows? One day, keep, keep hope alive. The bigger question is what? How is it that all of us are in this masjid? How is it that Islam made it all the way from the far side of the Maghrib, all the way to Indonesia? 
The people who used to live in the archipelago, the Southeast Asian archipelago, they literally used to eat people. Do you think some, one day like some Arabs showed up and said, hey, you know, there's no God except for Allah and your idols you worship are like bogus and they're like, oh, cool, that makes sense. Dawah was made island to island. If you think the same thing about India, go see what's going on there right now. If you think the same thing that's happening in any land in the, in the world, do you think it's easy? Forget about the non-Muslims, even the Muslims. You think it's easy to practice the deen in a Muslim country right now. There are Muslim countries. Quickest way to go to jail is to keep going to Fajr every morning. However, somehow, the entire nations of the earth are gathered together in Wooddale for lunch break. It didn't happen except for through Allah Ta'ala's madad. Even my $10,000 turban. If you guys get something out of it, which is against all odds, and I get something out of it, which is against all odds, this is not a proof against it, this is a proof that this thing works. So why wouldn't the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam want to fast on that Mubarak day? There are a number of athar related about the barakat of Ashura, I don't have time for them. However, the last thing I wanted to mention is this. Is that one of the primary distinguishers between the people of Iman and the people of Kufr. Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes the people of Kufr as an'am. As what? As livestock. The ayah of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا مِنْ دَابَّةٍ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ there is no thing that moves on the earth, nor bird that flies in the air, except for there's some likeness between you and them. If you read the tafsir of this ayah, the mufassirun are very clear that it goes both ways. So what's the tashbih of the kafir? What is, which type of animal is the kafir like? Like livestock. What are livestock? They're domesticated. A cow and a goat and a sheep is never going to do anything cool like an eagle does. Or like a shark does. Or like a wildebeest does. It's not going to be graceful. It's not going to be strong. It's not going to be intelligent. It's not going to be any of those things. All it does is it eats, sleeps, eats, sleeps, and then one day it gets used for something. Either it's milk or it's hair or it's skin or it's meat, a lackluster existence, followed by not the most honorable end, not the most exciting and useful end, not the great climax of a meaningful life, according to most people. If you look at the animals in nature, one of the primary ways that taxonomists distinguish between types of animals is by what they eat. So amongst mammals, carnivora is one, like, it's one clade of mammals, those mammals that eat meat. The herbivorous mammals are one clade. There are some animals that are scavengers. They'll eat dead carcasses. What's common between them? Are any of them beautiful? Are any of them inspiring? 
Are any of them things that kids say, oh, I want to, Baba, get me like a stuffed animal of, of that for Eid. I want to give it a hug. No, they're gross. And they're creepy. And they're weird. And you see them. When you see them and when the other animals see them, they see there's an ominous sign of something bad. That this is, something bad has happened here. You see, the more specialized an animal is in what it eats, the more discriminating it is in what it eats, you see it brings out certain characteristics and qualities that are special and superior in that animal. And then on the other side, what do you have? Livestock. Whatever you throw in front of the thing, it eats it. And from amongst the livestock that humans keep, the most disgusting livestock, bar none, is the pig. And it literally will eat everything. They castrate pigs by tying bands around, its, around their testicles. It suffocates it from blood flow to the point where it shrivels up and dies. A brother told me who was a convert, he said, I once saw at one of my friend's pig farms growing up that that shriveled up and fallen off pig testicle it fell off. I saw it fall and another pig walked over and ate it. Now tell me something, brothers and sisters, to make a long bayan short, because people have to get to work. As humans, is it a good thing for us to do to eat everything and to consume everything? No. As Muslims, it's even worse for us to be that way. Everything you see, you eat it. Really, everything you see, you have to eat it. The Rasul gave all these laws about what is halal and what's haram. Do we have to eat everything? We say, is it haram or is it just makruh? Do you really want to eat something makru? What if tomorrow I tell, you know, Sheikh Fatwa, the Grand Mufti of like Fulanistan has this big fatwa saying the shriveled pig balls is like halal to eat. Or it's just makru, it's not haram. Do you want to eat it? There are some people from the ummah, when they see a kafir eating it, they'll say, I want to eat it too. Don't be that person. Eat what's pure, eat what's clean. Practice leaving, practice leaving the halal sometimes so that you retain control. Eat what's healthy for you. Eat what you can afford. Buy from the farmer or from the producer who, whose ethics you believe in and whose ethics you agree with. Don't be like the an'am that eat everything. And there's more things that, that we, than just eating and drinking. What goes into your eyes? Don't be like livestock watching everything that comes in through your phone. Don't be like livestock listening to everything that every idiot says. Oh, so-and-so, he has a new idea about Islam. Don't, don't be like livestock, drink it into your ears. So-and-so musician who is putting some stupid song about nothing. Don't listen to it. Don't touch everything. Don't use your private parts for everything. Choose, have some discrimination, specialize. Be who you were meant to be. You can be different, you can be special, unique. Not everybody has to be the same. But don't just consume everything that you come across. Why? Because this is the law of the Anbiya If others can do it, if Jews can do it, if Christians can do it, if a Kafir can say, I eat organic, it's good for you. At least in theory, it's good for you. If a Kafir can say, I do intermittent fasting, you can do real fasting. Rather, like the Rasul said, we have more right to this than others do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from uh, us the fast of 
uh, Ashura, may Allah Ta'ala make it a Mubarak day for us and make, may make it a day of help and madad uh, for the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for all of us individually and us together as an Ummah in this world and the hereafter. Wa Sallallahu Ta'ala Ala Rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa Ala Alihi wa Sahbihi Ajma'in. Inshallah you can take a couple of minutes